How's it going, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of your favorite swimbait podcast, Scales and Tails. Today, we're uh, we're joined by a guest who uh, probably some of you know. Um, he he's not a local to the U.S. So it's just gonna pick his brain about Germany swim bait fishing, really. Yeah, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I'm stoked to be be on here because I've, I've listened to a couple of those episodes and I loved it. So I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Um, yeah, swim baits. <laughs> um, see, um, a couple of you might know that there's uh, it's basically no no bass here. So, um, I got into all this swimbait stuff kind of late and through the internet really because no one's doing it and that's how i found well uh swimbait universe obviously and that's how i guess yeah. you found me then yeah yeah um um yeah most people that saw my posts probably noticed that well it's mainly pike um because <laughs> well that's our predators here um we've got pikes and zander and perch zander is like a yeah, our version of the walleye, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we don't have any muskies, unfortunately. I would love to fish for muskies. And no bass. There's bass in Europe, just not in Germany. And I'm, I'm actually hoping that's going to change at some point. Um, there are some, like some rivers uh, that have like some bass reported here, apparently. But it's an yeah. invasive species, so um, they don't want it there. I do, though. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's, like, obviously um, Spain and Portugal and, and Italy, and they have bass, but I don't think it's the same size anyway. So it's right. uh, more like our perch size kind of deal. So you're yeah. fishing these swim baits. Um, you go out uh, and fish for a day. Are you primarily fishing for pike or have you had like uh well i guess before we get on that i would kind of want to talk about like your baits and stuff so obviously you said swim baits aren't like huge there so are there tackle shops that carry like your depths um i, I know you like to fish the drt like the k9 and stuff do you have to order that stuff out of japan or do you guys have tackle shops that carry that miscellaneous stuff that that you like to fish very few um the whole swimming thing isn't really big here since it's pretty much a small community um right. so we've got our contacts and um a lot of people are importing from from japan really um especially the dot stuff or it used to be like that and there's dot germany now uh, the it's actually the european distributor and oh, okay. he the, the guy that does dot germany also has got another shop um lake banded and he's importing all sorts of cool jdm stuff like exclusive uh tackle like uh, the Ryuki stuff and yeah, um, yeah. Pitch, and, pitch and strike and, and stuff like that. And he's also doing all this uh, swimming underground stuff for, for Germany and for Europe. So we get the yeah. bait wraps and stuff through him. And that is sweet. Yeah, and I'm working with him um, 
somewhat closely on testing stuff. Like whenever he gets like a, a pitch and strike crawl or something like that, I'm sometimes getting like samples and testing it for him. So yeah. I'm in a lucky position to have like a good connection when there's like a DRT job. I right. usually get get some baits. So but, are you like you said he was working with swimbait underground too? So like. Are you guys getting those toxic toxic baits and everything, or are they kind of do their own baits that they send over for you guys? Um, we didn't get any of the baits so far. It's really it's mainly like the um, terminal tackle and, and the bait traps okay. and, and stuff like yeah. that at this point. Anyway, I'm not sure what's right. going to happen in the future, but yeah. So and then yeah. he's looking into like whenever he finds like a small or smallish company that he can work with, he's trying to to get the distribution deal for Germany or Europe. So, yeah, sometimes we get, like, little well, nice stuff through him, really. And so, that's how I get most of my DRT baits, like, through regular drops, anyway. Okay. So you guys don't have, like, garage builders, like, over here in the U.S. We have, like, Toxic, Piz, um, Fish Everything, KGB. You guys, that's kind of, like, foreign to you guys. Like, nobody, nobody's in Germany making these baits in the garage or anything. It's mostly just yeah. production stuff, right? There's one, I think. Oh, one I know of. Oh, anyway. really? Um, it's a uh, giant bait. I think he's on Instagram as well. Stuff looks awesome, and stuff is really good. It's just uh, you can't really find it in the store. What right. what you can buy here, in, in terms of swim baits, anyway, is the like the Savage Gear Shine Glide and the Molex. And okay. then there's two or three shops now starting to um, get the depth stuff, the two fifties and the one seventy fives. Yeah, and but it's it's still fairly hard sometimes to. I guess it's the same in the USA. Like uh, you can't get all the colors. Uh, they're usually not in stock, and you have to take what you get. Really. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. Every now and then, there's like a job where they get a shipment, and then you've got like, I don't know, uh, ten different colors and like three pieces per color, and you have to be quick or something. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's it's a bit like that over there. It's just a. Uh, even fewer swim baits over here, but also not as many people fishing them. Yeah, exactly. So, like, when you buy your your swim bait setup, like your rod, is your your rod probably is it just a heavy pike rod, or do they do you guys have swim or dedicated swim bait rods that you imported from Japan or like somebody custom built for you over there? Uh, I've got the Japanese stuff, but a friend of mine who's okay. um he's heavily into JDM, the whole JDM scene. If, He's friends with uh, a guy in Japan, so he's often like shipping stuff. And if if, if we yeah, want right. like something special, um, I kind of order it through him or I ask him if he can get it. So yeah. I was lucky enough to get my hands on the entire DRT Tolala lineup, the remix series. Okay, so seventy three, which is uh, I think rated up to four ounce bait uh, for the Tiny Clash essentially and stuff like that. And I've got the uh, remix seventy which is the K9 rod, and does the 250 quite nicely as well. And the big guy is the uh, Remix 79 uh, for the Ghost and the Codename Bass and uh, this new Gira Gira, stuff like that. And I also got the Depths rod, the huge custom HS, no, H3S76RF, I think it's called. Huh. Um, so yeah, I got a few... JDM rods, but it's hard to get. You can't really go into a shop and buy them. You just order them from Japan or on Baiji yeah. or something. Right. Um, 
And it's like, it's crazy because you got that new Depths Glide bait, like, what, about a week ago, if not a little bit longer? So lucky. Yeah, yeah so lucky. So that's, like, that's through my guy with the connections to Japan. I'm, I was so happy. I'm, he got like six of those baits. And I guess we're essentially the first or the only six in Germany anyway, probably in, in, in Europe. So if I do catch a pike with, uh, with it now, uh, it's probably, probably going to be the first pike ever uh, right. caught on a, on a Kiyogira. So that would be cool. That's crazy. So I only know of four in the US right now. I know there's a guy in California that has two, and then I know a guy who bought two yesterday on Universe, and I'm sure you probably saw that because yeah. I know I know you po- you post it, and all these American guys on Universe, all thirty thousand of them, because I'm sure there's probably like two or three hundred that aren't in the U.S. They like they drool over this because at first glance, like it, you're a part of Universe, so it looks like you're in the U.S. So everybody's asking like, yeah. how the hell did you get that bait? Like how how the hell did you get it? Like where'd you get it from? And yeah, you're like a lot. Germany, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, also with the um, DRT colors, like um, the JDM colors I import through my friend there, and then we've got the, the German colors, which are different again from the uh, DRT USA stuff. And I think DRT is, they're quite special about um, uh, domestic colors. So we can't get the, like the Tulip Perch, for example, the, the USA colors, we can't get those. We've got a couple of colors that you can't get, and then there's Korea, Korea colors that neither of us can get. Yeah, and so yeah, it's it's a bit of, well, a bit of it's it's quite a lot of collecting involved as well, isn't it? No, for sure. Yeah. I've uh, I've seen some JDM colors for sale in the last couple weeks, months even, and they're colorways that I I didn't even know exist. Like uh, there's a DRT Cherokee. It's like a salmon color, oh. and. I've never I've never seen that before. I saw one the other day uh, on a page on Instagram. I'm like, holy shit! Like I've never seen that color before in my four years of fishing. <laughs> I haven't seen that either. Yeah, I so, got a I couple, mean, but there's so many that I've uh, never even seen, and some that I'm still drooling over. Hope to get yeah. my hands on at some point. I just picked up a, a K9 in the uh, the May Day. It's like that purple color. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, I just got a TK. F- uh tk in that color i'm really excited for and um it's crazy because like you said there's so many of these drt colors that like you and i have never even seen before that like the guys in korea have and it's 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 wild to go on a site and look at all the colorways they've come out with the koreans have crazy colors not even only drt but molex for example as well like molex just came out with a few new colors as well and Uh um I think they had like two or three Euro- European colors and a bunch for Korea. And they've got like the chachus and, and pink and the really bold stuff that we can't get here. Yeah. And I try to get my hand, hands on those. And even the like one of the uh, Molex team guys, I tried to, to get the baits through him and he said, oh, well, he can't even get them. Wow. Because they are really strict about uh, not having Korean colors in, in, in Europe and the other way around. Wow, I did not I did not know that was really a thing. That's crazy. <clears throat> and so like uh so you're buying like obviously um looking at your page on Instagram like I have many times before. So like um like your Balm 300 is that uh, a special JDM color cuz I don't think I've ever seen that oh, pike pike pattern before. Four colors. I think two of them are um there's some like a white chartreuse one and one like hasu looking one. And those okay. are um, 
collaborations with Evergreen. Oh, and yeah. I think the Pike is for the European market. I guess. Yeah, I'm not I entirely agree. sure. But I can imagine it's very European, really. Right. Same with Depths. Like, Depths have got the Monster Hunter series. Um, and we've got, like, European baitfish and uh, perch and pike colors for that. And I think hmm. you can't get that either. No, I was about to say, I don't think I've ever seen any of those colors. Um, so you're you're buying this stuff and when you buy it are you primarily buying these baits for pike like you're not i'm not sure how big xander get obviously probably relative to a walleye probably like an eight pound xander is pretty big and i've caught i've caught walleye on like shine glides and stuff but like these bigger baits like your your uh, drt ghost your depths code name bass and that new yeah I'm just glide, you're, you're specifically doing pike with those right yeah yeah um i did catch a Xander actually on a 250 um, oh, wow. in December. That was insane. Um, over here, it's, it's quite difficult, at least where I am, it's quite difficult to catch them because uh, the river I caught it in is, um, well, quite clear. And uh, usually it's really, you have to have like very murky water and tide and stuff like that. So Hamburg is not far from here and uh, Xander is awesome over there. Everyone catches Xander, but where I live, it's, it's quite difficult. So usually you have to go out at night and uh, try to get them. And this one I caught in like broad daylight, like 12 o'clock, uh, clear water. And I was fishing for pike and the Xander attacked the 250. But I wouldn't, wouldn't really fish uh, big light baits like that for, for Xander, really. Um, I mean, I was happy with the catch. Uh, don't get me wrong. Yeah, it's just, right. Uh, it's very <laughs> unlikely. Surprised. Yeah. We do fish for Xander with hard baits at night, usually. Um, like the Gantron stuff or smaller? Yeah, usually um, the less it moves, the better, really, because essentially you just take like a stick. So um, like minnows <laughs> and, 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 and jerk baits and stuff like that and just uh, move okay. them very slowly. And that works quite well. And the Tiny Clash actually works awesome as well if you just uh, dead walk it very, very slowly. Just twitch it every now and then, and uh, that works great at night when they're like uh, right underneath the surface. Um, yeah, but big, big light beds like that is really pike only, essentially. So, um, I mean, you you catch you catch perch even on uh, on yeah. swim baits, whether that be like kitex and stuff. Have you ever fished like the the depths one forty five or anything for them before? Uh, I've I've tried it, but uh, no success so far. You can't what's, catch. You can't catch a perch on on Tiny Clash though. And okay. I mean, I think our perch get a bit bigger than. Uh, yeah, you're right. yeah. I mean, it's still not massive. Like if you if you catch a fifty centimeter one, what's that like twenty inch? Um, that's like oh, yeah. the threshold. Like a lot of people don't ever catch one one of those. Um, but they are here, and you can catch like a. Yeah, fifty centimeter one, and they go for a tiny clash. And I sometimes caught them on like smaller, like what's it called, the Savage Gear, um, one thirty-five, uh, four play or something. Yeah, like a uh, multi-jointed bait that works quite well. Yeah. And another one that I really like is uh, I don't like it as much for pike, the the Gancraft jointed claw. But the small, the 70 for perch, is fantastic. Yeah, I know people who, uh, who trout fish with the Gancraft 70. 
And I mean, it's, it's a tiny glide bait that somehow, I mean, when you get that small of a glide bait, it's hard for it to, to do what it's, what it's like thought yeah. to do, but that 70, I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of fish caught on those. So I, I would definitely believe a, a 20 inch perch would eat that. Like here, like a, actually where I am in my state, um, a big perch is like 14, 50 inches and, or 14, 15 inches. And that's like relative to your 20 inch, like it's obtainable, but you, you got to kind of know what you're doing and know, know where these fish are. But like a 20 inch, that's, that's like moving into like past state record territory. It's quite rare over here as well. Like the Dutch, they've got bigger fish, obviously, because the, the rules are quite different over there. Um, when it comes to catch and release and stuff like that, and we are still pretty backwards when it comes to that, because the whole fishing scene here is still ruled by old laws and essentially old guys that are carp fishing only. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, um, in Holland, for example, the Netherlands, or most countries here, you just get like a, uh, some sort of pass. You pay like a certain amount of money per year and then you can fish pretty much any water. Or you've got okay. like an app that t- tells you where you can fish and where you can't. And in Germany, most waters are really owned by some like fishing associations or fishing clubs. And so you have to be a member of those clubs. And those clubs are really just essentially old people. And this whole thing moves very slowly when it comes to uh, predator fishing and uh, catch and release and, and stuff like that. So it's, it's, it's a constant struggle. And um, the, the German laws actually say, I think we are one of the very, very few countries in the world where catch and release is not technically not legal like people are doing it especially the younger guys and it's really? great it's, it's just technically it's not legal because um you're not supposed to uh well harm an animal for fun that's what it comes down to really okay. so you can fish but you're supposed to like use the fish like fish for food or something like that right so you have to have like a cause for that and if you um catch a fish and like if it's um in off-season something, you have to release it. Or if it's too small, we've got like a minimum size that we can yeah. take. But um, if it's above the minimum minimum size, and if it's not uh, in close season, you have to take it, essentially, because, uh, well, you're not allowed to harm an animal for fun. And that's what, what it boils down to, really. And some states and counties over here are kind of uh, trying to change that with a so-called they call it a kitchen window which is mm-hmm. essentially like a minimum size and a maximum size so for for a zander for example you can you can't take anything below like 45 centimeters and nothing above like 70 centimeters for example so that's your kitchen window that's the fish you can take home so that's a one one of the things that they try to kind of do now to improve the situation and but a lot of the older guys and that's it's a shame, but a lot of the older, a lot of the older guys are still just uh, like essentially killing everything. Like they take a meter pike and just kill it and eat it. And and you're supposed to do that. No one does it. Like not, none of the younger guys anyway. But that's one of the reasons I think why the Netherlands have got such uh, yeah, huge amounts of of massive perch and zander and pike, and it's a bit more difficult over here. Crazy. So like um. I- do, do those older guys who carp fish, do they kind of, do they all think that like the pike are a shit fish? Because uh, from what I know, obviously like in England, like 
the carp is like the holy grail fish like that that's like that's like the u.s's bass like that's what everybody fishes for that's like the yeah it's crazy fish so like <laughs> um in germany is or is that what it's considered too is like the fish that everybody targets a bit like that yeah the the, the carp is like the the holy grail and the techniques for pike fishing um haven't really changed in in the last like 30 years like when i grew up fishing i started quite early once like six i caught my first perch uh i'm like 41 now so that was like <laughs> 80s sometimes and yeah. back then um like you fish for pike with a like a spoon or an inlet spinner that's like the two yep. lures you had and at some point we we got the you know, like the rapalas and stuff like that like crankbait okay. kind of deal right and that was it like for a long time um, wow. it's, it's, it's still like that. Like the old guys that are fishing for pike usually use dead bait. And if they do use, uh, lures, it's, it's spoons, like those pike spoons essentially. And it's really developing co- quite slowly. Um, but in the last like couple of years, something is actually changing. Like people are using bait casters and stuff that there wasn't a thing when I was a kid. It just never happened. No one knew what a bait caster even was. We called it like a, yeah multiplayer reel and that's no one used it and, and now a lot of people are, are using bait casters and and uh switching back to uh, say switching back to um like mono uh, fluorocarbon uh, main line yeah, stuff like right. that because uh, when i grew up that like all we had was mono was shitty mono though and <laughs> at some point uh like braid came in the 90s or so i think and everyone fishes braid and and still does and it's it's really just slowly starting to uh, yeah to to kind of sink into people's mind that uh, there's a advantage to fishing like fluorocarbon or or mono with some baits anyway so this whole scene kind of changes a bit like the younger guys are um yeah well uh using bait casters and fishing jdm baits and um it's changing us, and that's cool. I think it's still way, uh, quite a way to go from from here to to where you guys are. Like, yeah, exactly. Um, when it comes to professional fishing, for example, that doesn't really exist. We do have like some sort of tournaments, uh-huh. but we can't obviously have them in Germany for the same reason again. You can't fish for fun, but you can fish for fun, but you're not supposed to release the fish, so you can't really do tournaments. Obviously, so um, those are all done in, in the Netherlands. And there's no like big prize money or something. It's like uh, really just uh, people sponsored by some some company and using their rods. And there's no money in it at all. So it's, yeah. it's not really big. That's crazy. Do you think there's not as many like uh, like technique advances because you guys don't have bass? Because over here. Like you can um, like spinner baits and stuff like that. That yeah. was something that we use a lot for pike, and obviously, it was it's more intended for a bass, but a pike will bite it just as just as often. So I think that like we have, it seems like we have more um, predatory slash game fish relative to you guys only having pike. And I guess if you yeah. want Xander on that same list, but we do take and adopt all those techniques, like all the finesse techniques work quite well for for perch. Like all the rigs, right, like, like Carolina rig and stuff. Texas rig and drop shotting works fantastic for perch. Um, Xander as well. And, um, well, the, I think there's a lot of stuff coming from Sweden. Or it used to be like that anyway, like uh, what we call jerk baits. Um, 
it's not the same as your jerk baits. Like when you say jerk bait, you're thinking uh, like Vision One Ten like, and Squad Minnow and like that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We call that uh, Twitch bait, really, because jerk bait for us is um, essentially like a one, uh, like a one piece glide bait, like a Western Swim oh, or Strike Pro Buster yeah. Jerk. That's so what we call it jerk bait. So like those, those are considered like our musky fishing, those single piece uh, glide bait type deals. Those those yeah. are like the original glide baits, as far as I know, like to us. And then, yeah. and those yeah. those, um, I think those come from Sweden. They they were like starting quite early, um, catching pike on 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 that sort of lure. Yeah, and also uh, bigger soft baits, um, which are quite commonly used for pike. Usually, um, what a jig head or shallow rigged, mm-hmm. and shallow rigged is what most people do. It's just like take it like a screw put it in the nose and have a, like a harness of two treble hooks and some some wire trays hanging yeah. on the bottom and that's quite effective for pike and that's what a lot of people do and i guess you guys would call that a swim bait like a soft swim bait and it's i i don't really see it as a swim bait um because for us it's always always been a soft bait or we call it yeah. rubber Right. And when I say swim bait, I usually think hard, hard swim bait hard or slide right. bait. Yeah. So, are you guys like? Well, I guess that would make sense. Um, so your seasons, like when I see your posts, like the other day you had posted, uh, not in seasons, so like not really supposed to be targeting them. Yeah. So that's like the only time you're like quote unquote legally allowed to throw the fish back, right? Yeah. Exactly. And it's different from state to state, which is a bit stupid because um, like, we've got like 14 states in Germany, but Germany itself is like about as big as the average state in the USA. So yeah. you like drive half an hour, an hour, and you're in the next state and, and the laws are different. And off-season is different if there's one. And it's, it's supposed to protect the spawning fish, which is great. And I'm all for that. It's just uh, if it's entirely different from one part of the country to the next it doesn't really make much sense to me yeah like in uh, hamburg hamburg for example which is like one hour drive from here um you can't target uh, zend until i think it's june 1st uh, or pike as well and you can't even since you're not allowed to to fish for for pike in that or for for zander you're actually not even allowed to fish artificial lures at all so even if you fish for perch you have to like drop shot with a worm or something Hmm. And just an hour the other way, there's no off season for pike at all. You can fish pike all, all year round. So, yeah, the reasoning behind that is a bit hard for me to understand, to be honest, because I, I do get the let them spawn idea, but if it's different uh, in every part of the country, it's a bit yeah, it's a bit weird. So, so do you get looked at like? Um... You're, you're following on Instagram, I'm sure, all like the younger guys, like you were saying, who do this catch and release stuff. Do you ever catch fish in front of like some of the older people and they watch you throw these fish back and like they, they holler at yeah. you for doing that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, what the fuck? Why are you doing that? How can you do that? Right. Give it to me. Like, no, I'm no. Yeah, but I ate it. Yeah, well, I, I want to catch it again or maybe it's offspring. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah, they, they don't get it. Like, a lot of people are just catching fish for, for food and which is fine i take a fish every now and then and, and, and eat it it's all right it's just uh i don't really have to bring a 
like a bin liner and fill it with uh, like small Xanders or something. It's just not my thing. Right. So, um, do you guys have like uh, here? They're called game wardens, kind of like uh, the nature police type deal. Do you guys have them? And have you ever been stopped and questioned by them for throwing the fish back? I wouldn't do it when when one of those guys is around. We have them. Right. Um, it's very rare though. They do check like if your papers are up to date and everything is fine. But I think it happened to me twice in my life so far. Oh, wow. Um, there's some seasons when it happens a bit more often. Like now, for example, where I live, I'm essentially like 10 minutes from the Baltic Sea. And the herring is coming into our river here like once a year, which is about now. And it's like massive, massive, massive amounts of herring. So uh -huh. everyone from like everywhere around, like within three, four, five hours driving, comes here to catch herring. And they catch like on a good day, 150 in two hours. And so it's a lot of people just uh, catching herring. And that's when like uh, those guys come and, and like ch check your papers and stuff. But usually it doesn't really happen. So, That's yeah, wild. Uh, what sometimes you think, um, oh, you can go ahead. Yeah, it can sometimes happen. Like if you if you're fishing a lake that is um, like I said, most lakes aren't like uh, often you can't even get like a date ticket because the lake belongs to some sort of fishing club association kind of deal. So um, the, the older guys there like look quite closely um what you're doing and like you're only supposed to take two pike per day or three or something like that and i don't know why but they seem to like get a kick out of uh telling you that you're not allowed to fish with the lure now because it's not fucking the first of may or whatever <laughs> and yeah it's, it's just ridiculous um it's it's crazy that you guys um have have well from seeing your posts you you catch a lot of big pike and it's crazy that there is no catch and release uh, laws as far as like regular season goes. Because here, um, we, ha we have the same type of seasons like you do. You can't keep them in uh, certain months. But we don't have, it seems like your guys' average pike size is way bigger than not only in my state, but like in the U.S., honestly, like in the northern part of the U.S. where pike are native. Um, well, I'm not posting all the smaller ones. <laughs> I'm catching all the smaller right, ones, yeah. too. Um, oh. I'd say like on a like average pike here would be like sixty five centimeters or something like that, and the meter would be the threshold. The meter is kind of like the fifty centimeter perch, uh, so like a forty inch pike is what uh, most people try to achieve, and a lot of people, or many people, aren't actually able to catch a meter their entire life. Uh, so that's like the, the magic threshold, I'd say, the meter. Wow. And I've been quite lucky to, um. Yeah, like last year alone, I've had like six or so that were over a meter. Um, but I, I've been working for it a lot. And I think actually working big swim baits uh, helps with that because a pike like that has seen everything really, except for those swim baits because no one's fishing them because they're way too expensive and they, they are hard to obtain. And so, yeah, I, I think that kind of works in my favor really. Oh, for sure. So, Shit, what was I going to say? I had a question. Um, oh, so when you go out, do you kind of have the thought in the back of your head, like, I'm going to go out and I'm definitely going to catch a fish today because these fish have never seen this bait before? Um, 
I'm going out and I've got the thought I'm definitely going to catch a fish because I'm going crazy if I don't. And I, right. it's just, it's insane. Like if I get a miss or if I, if, if one shakes the hook, I'm, I'm going insane. I'm just going to, I'm going to work that fish until I have it. And if it takes the entire fucking day, I'm a bit mental when it comes to that. Um, uh, I do have days where I just blank and nothing happens. A lot, actually. It's just uh, I'm very uh, OCD when it comes to anything, really, but fishing as well. Like, I, I go there and I know there's a pike and I'm, I'm going to catch that fucking pike. It's, uh, it is going to happen. I'm not going to leave before it happens. Yeah. And my girlfriend thinks I'm insane. Like, whenever I say I'm going fishing mo- tomorrow, she's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. She knows <laughs> I'm not going to sleep at night, not at all, because I'm going to be packing my stuff uh, in my head and I'm trying different laws and, and making like game plans um, instead instead of sleeping so she can't sleep either and <laughs> but then, <laughs> I guess most of us are like that like uh, planning stuff and being crazy about stuff like this no for um, sure like especially with uh, like big swim baits you get so many misses like I get a lot of takes but um, compared to well, I've never never fished for bass, but I imagine bass is more like perch and stuff when it comes to like the softness of their mouth. So they kind of, if they grab a bait, it kind of like the lips move Fox around themselves. the bait, right? And and like you can hook, you can still hook them. And the pike is like essentially a hard beak, so um, the regular size hooks would usually not work like whenever i get a 250 like a depth 250 for example um i upgrade the hooks to four out in the front and two or three out in the back because uh i have to make sure that the points of the hook are sticking out on both sides else you're just going to yeah, pull the bait out of it yeah um so all those small hooks that you guys are fishing would never work you not not only because they're not strong enough uh it's just because they you wouldn't even hook a fish yeah unless you're really lucky Right, so like your uh, your your tiny clashes and your K nines, like you you're putting some big ass hooks on those, aren't you? Yeah, uh, the tiny actually works quite nicely with a STY thirty five MF or whatever they're called because they are like asymmetrical, so the the points okay. poke out wider. Yeah, and for the K nine, I actually do put two out on there. Yeah, so uh, kind of touching back on the the whole DRT thing, like you're going out and. Um, I've caught a few pike on my on the one uh, TK I have right now, and I've gotten lucky enough not to pop any holes in it. But I'm sure that's got to be a pretty common thing for you, especially if if you have a four or five fish day. Like you're gonna fuck up a TK or a K9, and either have to patch it or just just fucking. I'm lucky set so far, I'm not oh, lucky really? so far. Really. It usually breaks when you like cast it against like a bridge or something. <laughs> but. Um... I feel lucky they do get scratched and banged up, but so far, not perforated to the point where actually water came in. Same Damn. with the with the right. with the depths. Like the the skin of the depths gets cut up badly, but it's it's fine. Right. Um. So the fish, I think probably either the last or second to last fish you posted on the uh, uh the Gantrell that was those were stock hooks and those got bent out on yeah, first, like your yeah. first fish on that bait. Yes. Yeah, and then you the hooks were weren't gonna last. Yeah, uh, so right. I, I really I really didn't like force the fish in, and I had the the drag set quite soft, and I, I fought the fish for quite a while, and it still well, I was lucky to to actually land it really. But yeah, like the crazy. the jackal stuff, I think it's no kind of known to have weak hooks. 
like uh, the yeah. Gantra, also also the Freddy or whatever it's called. I uh, I I've known I've had a few, and I've never had to switch the hooks out. But the last one I had, it got bent out pretty bad, and I ended up uh, trading that bait with a friend, and that was the first thing he did was switch out hooks. But I know that hooking hooking a fish like that is definitely gonna fuck the hooks up for sure. Yeah. Yeah, you uh, usually have the replacement hooks with me. Like one of the things I've got in my uh, tackle box when I go fishing is always a spare hook for every size I I might need. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a good idea. So you're fishing these. You're fishing for these big pike on your your swim bait gear. Uh, what line are you running? And are you running a steel leader or like a heavy mono leader? Or how do you how do you ensure that you're not always gonna fucking lose your bait to a big pike? Yeah, it's a thick fluorocarbon, one millimeter okay. or point point nine, which is like 80, 90 pounds or something like that. And I've I've tried steel before. I'm not a fan of steel. Um, using titanium every now and then. The one times seven strand kind of thing there. Um, like not too kinky, stuff like that. And I find some some baits, like the very small stuff, like a Gancraft one, 178 or what is? Yeah, 178, I think it is. Or the um, Megabass Ice Light 135. Stuff like that doesn't really swim well on a thick mono leader. So I'm using mm-hmm. seven strand titanium for that. But most of the time, especially for all the big stuff, I'm, I'm fishing a uh, fluorocarbon leader about one millimeter and never lost a fish so far now also how, like how long have you been oh go ahead no idea <laughs> no <laughs> idea um I, i've lost more fish to uh bad crimping i, I just hate crimps because uh, uh, it's either over crimped and you damage the thing the the leader or it's under crimped and, and it might slip out and, and and you're never sure so i just i try to avoid crimps and so even if I'm using like not a kinky uh, or titanium lead, I'm, I'm just uh, tying it to the to a swivel or to the, to the main line. Um, actually, a solid ring in that case. In that case, I'm using a solid ring tied to the main line. And with a fluorocarbon, it's another advantage I see. I'm, I'm a bit, uh, well, I just don't like metal in my line because uh, if I'm not fully focused, especially like after a day of fishing, I tend to just reel in too much line and then just fuck up my uh, my guides. Yeah. So I try to not have any metal there. So what I'm usually doing is I'm uh, I, I do prefer fluorocarbon mainline now. I used to fish braid like forever, but I, I feel that uh, the, the especially the big light baits just swim smoother, nicer on on fluorocarbon line. So that's what I'm using now. And then I'm using an Albright knot to tie the thick fluorocarbon leader to the main line. Main line is about, same as you guys do, pretty much like 20 pounds for like a tiny clash kind of size and 25 yep, for yeah. 250. And I wouldn't go much below 20 pounds though, but yeah, don't have to. And then I use a fat mono knot to tie the leader to the snap. Um, it's just a very very simple knot and, and it's and it's great so i don't have any metal except for this for the snap and i'm always using like a one of those tactical anglers uh clip kind of things or a fast hatch thing mm-hmm. so i don't i don't trust the the x snaps because i never know how, <laughs> how often i open and close it so I, right. I never know if it's still loading up and i've had so many occasions where like the like the uh the decoy x snap for example has got this little like bend in the in the top that you have to thread through the uh, 
to the eye there, to the uh, line tie. And like with a bigger bait, the K9, for example, I could just push it through. And then, and then I want to fish a tiny clash and, and the bend is just too, too big to fit through the line tie of the tiny clash. So I have to kind of thread it through. And, and in order to do that, you have to bend it open even, even more. And it's just a, uh, it's just a pain. So uh, I'm just using those tactical angles, clips or a fast hatch, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. Uh, how how long have you been swim bait fishing for? You said it's not really new over there, so I'm sure it took you probably a year to kind of read up on everything and figure out what you need or what what's going to be the best for your scenario of fishing. Um, not that long. I mean, depends on what you consider a swim bait. Like if it's a those lipped uh, crankbait kind of things that you would probably call swim bait, like the uh, jointed rapalas and stuff like that is essentially a swim bait, but I've been right. fishing those in the 90s. And same with um, like soft swim baits. Uh, uh, I fished those in like the late 90s, early 2000s maybe. But the actual glide baits, that's really kind, kind of new to me. I just uh, got into that not even two years ago, I think. Oh, and okay. First I got like the shine glide uh, like yeah the chain glide and i think some other savage gear thing and the way i am the way my mind works is i just dive into it like 100 percent, and then i'm getting lost like in the <laughs> rabbit hole of the whole thing and yeah. i need one of everything and one of every color and just like i take and soak up every recommendation i can get which are obviously going to be you ask 10, 10 people you get 10 different answers so yeah. i'm gonna get all those 10 recommendations and <laughs> one of each color and one of each size and then don't use most of them but i can at least like make up my own mind and try my own stuff and uh, see what works for me so yeah. i've always done it like that and and so I'm, I'm fairly quick in well quick when it comes to figuring out how stuff works for me and what works for me and what doesn't so, yeah, it didn't take long for me to, to find out what kind of baits I like and uh, the way I should fish them and what the pike ones. Right. So, like, you, I mean, you said there's not many guys who, who swim bait fish in Germany. So it's not like here. So say I buy a, a Depths 250 and I don't like it. I can, I can go on Facebook and I can sell it. Like, and I can get my money back to buy something else. Kind of for you, that's... I mean, that could be the case, but it's really not like you buy something and you're buying it because you think it's going to work. And if it doesn't, you're kind of like, shit, like, you're yeah, the community, eventually. the community is quite small, but still you can, you're always going to be able to sell to 50 or a K9 or something like that. Um, cause there are just not that many around. And okay. at some point you end up knowing everyone, like we've got, um, a lot of WhatsApp groups, what WhatsApp is like a messenger kind of deal that everyone uses right, in yep. Europe. And so there are a lot of like JDM groups and stuff and everyone knows each other. And, and oh, as okay. soon as you post something on classifieds, uh, it's just, oh, is that you? Oh yeah, you're selling something. It's already in the fucking WhatsApp group then. And <laughs> so you're, you're going to be able to sell it. It's just like all my like fishing friends are using glide baits now. So I didn't, it doesn't seem to me like it's uh, something special, but I do kind of, uh, I am reminded that it's a bit, uh, out of the ordinary like whenever i'm uh, at the river on the lake and people are just f fucking like oh nice catch i know that's my lord <laughs> it's just my yeah, date right. <laughs> and people just have never seen like a 250 or even a 175 
And when I started with the whole thing, I think the 175 was my first expensive glide bait, like uh, plus 50 euros glide bait. And I just used to fish smaller baits, like the like those one-piece glides, the Buster Jerk and Western Swim, and those are like usually like 12 centimeters or something. And when I got this 175, I was like, oh, this is so big, no, no fish is going to eat this. <laughs> uh, obviously, it's, it's well very small now. And the 250 right, at yeah. some point uh, took that place, and now the 250 looks small. And you just, yeah, well, you evolve from there, don't you? No, for, exactly. And like that's what uh, one of the other guys on here and I were talking about. Like you get, you get like you said, your depths 175, or your uh, your S waiver, your river to CS waiver 200, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is huge. You catch a few fish on it, you see a few fish followed in. You get a 250, you're like, oh my gosh, this is big. Then you get a ball on 300 and so on and so forth. You end up with a, a DRT ghost and you look back at the depths 250 and you're like, like that thing is it. Like you're like, holy shit. Like that thing is tiny. Like I know I can go out and catch a fish on that. Cause I just caught a fish on this ghost I have. Yeah. I think the first massive bait I had in my hands was a Savage Gear uh, 4D trout or 3D or whatever. One of those um, line through trouts. Big, yeah. The big rubber ones. Yeah, and I got that for trolling. I was like, no fish is going to eat this, and I'm never going to be able to cast it. And, <laughs> and now I'm just, the Gira Gira and the, the ghosts, they're all as big, and you just cast yeah. them every day. Have, have you caught fish on the ghost? Uh, no, I haven't landed one yet. I've, I've had a ton of contacts, but I've really? yet to land one. Yeah, but I only got my f uh, first ghost, and I think... December last year on the job. Oh, and so then I mean, it was, you only had it for four months, four or five months. Yeah, yeah, and two of those were like a close season, so I couldn't fish for pike. So that's the plan now, and it's going to happen very soon. Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, is that is that uh, that's probably not as common as the TK and the K9 because it's not here. Like a ghost, I mean, you can buy them. It's still not like a relatively crazy bait to buy but you don't see many up. And usually the ones that are up are like the collector's colors. So like the, the California dream, which is like our rainbow trout color. I don't yeah. know if that's a, an American only color, but like those, those are a lot of the ones you see for sale are some of the colors that guys aren't necessarily fishing, but guys are holding on to because it's, it's a color that you don't see often. Yeah. Um, tiny clash and clash nine are about as, they're not as rare. they you can get them a bit more often than a ghost, but they're still quite rare because no one's yeah. going to sell them used. Or if they do sell them used, it's still uh, quite expensive. And some people are just collecting them. Like a couple of my friends are just getting the rare colors. And I, I don't like that because I'm, I don't know. I think if, if, if you don't fish it, it's not a lure. If it's not a lure, it's just a bit of plastic. So you might yeah. as well just collect Lego, uh, which is fine. Like people <laughs> like collecting toys, but uh, it's not a, it's not a, bait if i don't fish it so the first thing i usually do is just swap the hooks and just throw it and i think it's just even sexier with some hook rash on it and especially if you're collecting it like if you if you you've got it hanging on your wall and you look at it it's just so much more special if you've got memories tied to that and you've got oh for like sure a nice catch that you that you that you kind of remember like whenever you look at that bait so yeah, even the the JDM stuff. I've got a couple of very rare uh, colorways, I think. And the first thing I do is just throw them and try to get some teeth on it. Yeah. So here, um, I'm sure I'm sure you see at your party universe. There's uh there's that stuff that you could put on your bait. It's like the hook armor, and it's that thin plastic barrier. 
yeah. that adhes that adhes, uh, that sticks to your bait pretty much more or less. And so like it sounds like that's probably not necessarily a thing there. I don't know if it's only a US thing right now because there's guys who who have those rare JDM colors and um I mean they're fishing them. It just has this hook armor so that oh, the only thing that's on it is teeth marks and I think that's kind of it's cool in its own way, but like like you said, I'm a big fan of the hook rash on the baits. Like, I have a I have a tiny clash that I've been fishing pretty hard for the last two or three weeks, and I'm I'm starting to get like the paint to wear off, and I think that looks awesome. But I mean, there's guys who um, that want to fish these baits, but they also kind of want to preserve them so that if they do catch a a ten pound bass or a forty fifty inch pike, that they can kind of set it on the wall and just have the teeth marks tell that story rather than how hard they fish that bait. It seems like. Yeah, I've seen those uh, swimbait armors. I think Hookrash makes them company. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. Like, what if you take it off? That just some of the paint come off as well because uh, that would yeah, kind of defeat the purpose. So. Right. So now, now you're stuck with a bait that's got some weird <laughs> bit of plastic on it. It's not really original. But not like I don't know. You've already changed it. You've put a bit of plastic on it, and it doesn't look like it used to anymore. Right. So might, might might as well just have Hookrash on it. I don't know. Like, it's just a <laughs> my take on it. Like, I, I can totally see. Like, if someone just wants wants to collect them, that's fine. Uh, I still I do collect them, but I do collect them with some wear and tear on them. It's just my thing. No, for sure. Like you said, I think a fish that's beat to shit and has gouge gouge teeth marks on it. I think, in my opinion, that tells a better story than a limited rare color sitting on the wall. But like you said, that's just that's just what I think, and obviously. It's not right or wrong. It's just whoever, whoever's it is, obviously, is that's their opinion on it. Yeah, in my day job, it's actually a big thing. Is um, I'm I'm a music producer and I produce bands. And uh, when it comes to instruments, like this whole vintage thing is uh, massive. And uh, a lot of like all the companies now have like a vintage line, uh, relic guitars. So they just essentially just put artificial wear on it and just take a grinder to it and make it look like it's been on the road for. 30 years wow. so it's, it's it's very like people love it people love the the charm that has uh, like a relic instrument and i kind of see it a bit like that in, in baits as well just i think it's got some personality and it's got memories and it's just uh it's even more special than yeah um shit i was gonna say something oh kind of touching touching on your job because I, I knew what you did but i wasn't t- too sure um so, so you do you make like the beats and stuff, or what? What does your job really entail? Because I've had some people that wanted me to ask you about that too. Um, I'm mainly working with rock bands and metal stuff, and I'm producing, recording, mixing, engineering them. I've got a studio here, and so a band wants to record a record, and so they book the studio, or we book a studio somewhere else in Thailand or USA or whatever. Go there. Uh, I record with them, and then I've got all the drums and guitars and bass and vocal tracks and then i mix them and turn that into a record that gets released on youtube or something okay and it's mainly mainly rock and metal i'm working with at the moment but i've been quite lucky that i've got a few bands that are rather successful and touring the world and headlining like the big festivals Wacken and uh, stuff like that so i do get around a little bit because uh like one of the bands for example um their album cycle says they got to record in January, and January in, in North Germany isn't really very pleasant, to be honest. So 
we like flew to Florida to record for that one hour, wow. uh, to Thailand for the next one. And the last one actually we did in, cause obviously the last one, it was in January now. We couldn't really, we weren't sure about the whole COVID deal. So we couldn't really do Thailand or USA. And so we went to Devon and South West England and I got lucky there and, and got, got to do some pike fishing as well, which was cool. And that's like coming back to what you said earlier about uh, carp fishing in, in England. It was quite difficult actually to figure out uh, what the deal is with uh, pikes and rules and what I'm allowed to do and what I'm not allowed to yeah. do. And because everyone there, that's like Devon is um, full of like little streams and rivers, and, and everyone's fishing for trout. And so you have to first find out what what kind of angling association owns that stretch of the river that you want to fish, and then you go. On their webpage, which looks like it is from 1997, <laughs> uh, you can't find any information on pike because everything is just trout. So it's, it's borderline impossible to, to find any anything there. So it was quite hard. And eventually I, I found some info on the Exeter Canal. And I did like a travel rod that I took with me and some like a tiny clash and a Molex glide bait and got to do some fishing there. So that was nice. That's uh, like... The situations where I can combine my job with uh, my passion. Or another one, for example, is when we were in Thailand. Uh, my other passion is uh, Thai boxing, more Thai, so I got to train there. So it's it's cool to get to get around a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Especially that um, that you're able to fish sometimes. Uh, I mean, is there is there any plans for you to come to the U.S. anytime sooner in the coming months or year or anything? Uh, I was going to do NAM, um, like a music trade show that is in uh-huh. uh, Nashville now. Uh, it's not going to happen, though, because uh, plane tickets are just way too expensive at the moment. Right. Um, it's going to happen at some point, but probably not this year. might be in one and a half years from now or so. So next thing is going to wow. be Italy, I think. Italy or Portugal. And that might be by the end of the year, and I might get... Yeah, I might actually get a fish some bass there, although it's not the same kind of bass, not the same <laughs> sizes, but still. Yeah, for sure. Um, is there like in, in your WhatsApp group, in your swim bait, uh, your little swim bait group in Germany, is there baits that you guys drool over that that guys make in the U.S. or that only that U.S. companies make that you guys are like, like I want one of those, but you can't really get your hands on. Um, not really. Um, I think I'm I'm probably the the person that is most insane when it comes to I need to get that thing. Um, yeah, right. So, no, not really. Because to be honest, I can't I can't be bothered to to deal with the whole right. Uh, like you paid him eight months ago, and he just doesn't get back to you. And uh, and <laughs> then I've got one, even if I do get it, then I've got one so what now i can't really fish it because what if i lose it i have to wait another 12 and a half months and i'm probably not going to yeah, get another exactly. one so um and i think the production baits that i do have which is a ton by now are, are really good and they cover everything i need um and this might sound very arrogant it's uh, certainly not meant that way but like some of the stuff and i'm sure it, it swims amazing but some of the stuff really looks like my six-year-old carved it from a bit of chalk <laughs> and then like put a brush in for the tail. I don't really see waiting for that. Yeah, I, I definitely understand what you're, where you're coming from. 
So and then like if um, you what if you get a problem with the thing like uh, it doesn't swim right um you can't really send it back to have it tuned because it's just going to be too expensive sending it back and forth and yeah I'm sure there's there's some awesome stuff and if I, like if I come to the USA if I go there next time and I get my hands on some stuff and, and can test swim it I'm sure I'm going to buy some but it's just too risky to just order something right for sure and like like I said like you you have the stuff and you know it works why um, obviously a lot, if not all of the swim baits here in the U S are made to catch bass. I mean, obviously people do catch pike on them, but they're primarily made for bass. So why would you buy a primarily bass swim bait? If you can buy stuff that, you know, will catch them already that are production and uh, a little bit more accessible to you guys. Yeah. And I work my baits quite differently, um, than you guys do for bass. I think like pike needs to be needs to have the bait presented much slower i think in general there's some like sometimes the year where you can actually fish it fast but it's usually really just pauses like glide glide pause wait and like all the swim videos i see is just people burning stuff and uh swimming it really fast and that usually wouldn't work it, it can work every now and then it will work but usually it's, it's not the best way to fish a bait for pike so I can't really rely on any of the swim videos and I just need to get my hands on it and try it and see if it, if it works, if it suspends nicely, if it sits like horizontally in the water when I pause it. And uh, so, yeah, if it works for, or just because it works for best doesn't really necessarily mean it works for my style of fishing. Like even the yeah. depths to 50, I think I fish entirely different from what most people do in the USA for, for best. Right. Like, um, Kind of, I guess kind of comparing right now, like uh, fishing my TK, I fish a lot of uh, the minnow, so the smaller standard lip in, and then the V-tail, the up and down yeah. V-tail. The uh, Yotomaki mode or whatever it's called. Yeah, I fish the dead yeah. walk, so like I kind of fish it like you would your uh, your jerk bait or your rip baits, kind of yeah. a few taps and then reel it in. And then that um, works quite well here as well, just uh, just slower than you guys do, but it's that, that works here as well. For, for for the tiny clash, it's either that for me or the glide mode with the tail, okay. and, like the varial tail mode B and lip out. But same for same for the K9. The K9 is fantastic in that mode. I love it. But you can slide it, uh, glide it uh, wider and slower than the tiny clash. And with the tiny clash and glide mode, you have to be a bit more like uh, you have to twitch it a bit more, a bit, bit faster, it's a bit more jerking back and forth and left and right because you can't really yeah. glide it as wide, obviously, because but it's smaller and so that mode doesn't work as well for me in the colder seasons and i use it in the summer where where they do like the faster presentations yeah um yeah and the k9 i can work much slower much like it's kind of between the tiny clash and the 250 when it comes to like glide speed i'd say mm -hmm. and so like your 250s you're too, are you kind of more of a constant reeling your 250s with a couple pauses in between reels every once in a while? Not at all. I'm just uh, glides and waiting. And I like the 250 and uh, slight current. Like I've got this, uh, this canal here with a tiny bit of current. And uh -huh. it's just perfect. I just cast it uh, to the far bank and just uh, give it one slow glide towards me. And it's slightly faster glide, and it turns the head into the current, and then it just sits and suspends. Then I let it rest for five seconds or whatever, because the, oh, the current's wow. gonna have it move like a like a trout like really, a just sitting there. Yeah, yeah. And then I give it a, like a very, very like soft, uh, slow 
like half real turn again. It turns towards me, swims towards me, and a bit faster half real turn. And it again turns the head into the current and just sits there. And so I work it like diagonally or just uh, straight from the from the far bank towards me. And it takes takes forever. It's very slow, but you actually see the the pike coming up. Like it, it sits there uh, in the just in the canal, and then you see the pike coming up on the paws, really. And you can obviously fish it faster. Every now and then, I give it like a half reel twitch. Um, I'm I'm fishing fast gear ratio, so like a uh, the depths uh, Z twenty twenty uh, reels like oh, that. The monster drive yeah. so I've got like one meter uh, retrieve roughly per per handle turn. So uh, that seems to be working perfectly for me for the tiny clash as well as for the two fifty because half a uh, handle turn is like exactly one glide. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I just give it like a glide, glide, and it just goes a bit deeper than in the in the water, and makes some noise. But then I fish it slow again. It's very rare that I just reel it or fish it fast. It's, it's usually really just twitch, twitch, wait, glide, 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 wait. So very slow, and that's why the K nine uh, works better for me usually in the glide mode than the tiny clash because you just have to fish the tiny clash a bit faster. So, um, uh, I used to think I fished baits fast, but hearing how hearing how you you like to fish them, now I know I fish my baits a lot faster than that. That's uh, I bet you if you did that here, you'd catch a lot of fish because I don't think that's how I don't think guys necessarily have the patience to fish the two fifty like that. Usually it's it's a turn 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 and kind of let it blow out to the side a little bit, kind of uh, wander in one direction one two real cranks so it shoots back and back like that i've never heard of anybody here fishing them that slow that's definitely new that would be a new technique for the guys over here to fish them like that i'm doing that every now like i incorporate that in in my retrieve to just uh make the the fish aware of the bait but then i slow down again um same with soft baits people say like fish as slow as you can and you're still too fast for pike and there are exceptions obviously sometimes they just want that fast thing and to get the reaction strike but usually it's slow slow is what what gets the fish right have um do you guys have access to huddleston soft baits over there or no is that not a thing um no um i don't think we do we've got i'm not even sure we get the the pulse tail uh whether the savage gear yeah that sort of thing um with soft baits it's we've got a ton of really good soft baits um but not like that because uh pike are gonna just chew them up so chew, you don't yeah. want to spend spend that money on a soft bait um so you get like more in the 10 15 maybe maybe 20 but yeah usually it's like 10 15 uh, dollar range for a soft bait and then you shallow rig it and then you catch like 10 pike with it and then then it's fucked essentially so <laughs> Yeah, I, I do have two um, of those flag baits, a flag two fifty five. Oh, I think it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because I love the swim, um, and I'm gonna feed it to the pike. Obviously, it's it's, it's gonna be fished, but I'm not very confident that it's gonna last long. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I mean, you probably you probably see us guys selling those uh, the working class zero battle shads for yeah fifty sixty dollars for two, and you're probably like. Those fucking people are stupid for buying that bait, <laughs> but but like you said, our baits obviously have a little bit longer of a longevity here because we're not only. I mean, 
we're not only going to be catching pike with them. Like the bass obviously have teeth, but it's, well, I guess you haven't really experienced it. It's kind of like sandpaper. It's kind of like a cat's tongue. Like Mm. they're not, they're not protruding teeth like pike have (laughs) just to tear shit up like that. Yeah, I mean, I would like to to try one of those. It's just, um, I think we've got very good soft baits and awesome looking soft baits, and they've got great action, and they are just ten bucks, and I can just go in, into any shop and buy them. So, <laughs> right, yeah, I'm not I'm not that tempted yet. I'm sure it's going to happen because I'm I'm a bit stupid when it comes to that. And at some point, I'm going to be like, oh, I've got to try it, and then I'm going <laughs> to like it, and then I'm going to order like fucking twenty five of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, just kind of kind of a personal question for you. Do you see us guys buying buying some of these baits on Swimbait Universe? Uh, not not the production baits, but like the garage baits for $150, $200. And do you think like do you think to yourself like that's crazy? Like why don't they just buy a DRT bait that they know is going to swim fine and has been proven to catch fish? Like is that kind of a shell shock to you, or do you just do you expect that because? Just the way we fish and stuff for bass. I kind of expect it because I do have the same illness. I'm not saying it's very right. reasonable. <laughs> um, I I totally get where everyone's coming from and why they're doing it. I'm not necessarily saying they're going to catch a lot more fish on <laughs> on that particular bait, but yeah, I do totally understand it. Um, maybe I would do the same if I were in the US, but yeah. <laughs> When um when you plan on coming to the U.S., do you uh, obviously I'm not sure if you know, but like the bull shad, the bull shad is like uh the the one of the most production custom swim baits you can get here. Like he yeah. pumps out a bunch every day. You can get them at tackle shops and stuff. Um, and they're they're really as far as I know, they're pretty available. Like in Florida and like the state, like Florida, where you were saying you were going to visit. If you have the opportunity to come to the U.S., are you going to are you going to try to grab some of those types of baits or are you just not really interested in them at all? Interesting. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try them. I'm going to bring some. Um, it's just I can't have them shipped here because, uh, well, I could, but I would need someone to, like someone in the US who received the package for me, then repack it, take out the invoice, send it, it declare the value lower because we're going to get raped on duties and, and uh, customs and taxes and stuff. So it's a, it's a bit oh. of a pain to order something. That so, makes like, sense. If, so- so if I order like a bait that's gonna cost like hundred dollars, um, there's gonna be like thirty dollars shipping. So and on top of those one hundred thirty dollars, I'm gonna pay another like thirty four percent in duties and and taxes. So it's gonna end up Holy quite pricey. Um, how does it work if you get a package from the U.S. and there's no invoice in it? So do they just do they have a base claim that they say this package is worth forty dollars? So you pay uh, like fifteen dollars in the taxes or they do random checks, and if it's like a, like, like I said, if it looks like a thing that some kid coughed from a bit of chalk, uh, <laughs> it's going to be pretty easy to convince them that th- this thing is not really worth right. that much money. Um, but if it's like, if it's in the original packaging and it says depths to fifty, it's very easy for them to Google it, and they're going to see, oh, yeah, that's quite yeah. pricey actually. So, yeah. Plus, uh, well, that would be tax fraud, wouldn't it? So. <laughs> <laughs> um. But I that you could definitely you could definitely get a bull shad and they would look at it and they wouldn't expect it to be over twenty dollars. Yeah, you, exactly. Just as soon as like as long as you've got someone in the USA who's happy to repackage it for you, take the invoice out and, and declare it as like a gift worth uh, twenty <laughs> bucks. It's fine. 
Yeah. But you're not going to be insured then. Like if it, if it gets lost on the way, you're going to get the 20 bucks it said it's worth. So it's a bit of a risk then. Right. Yeah, that's crazy. I guess I never really thought about that. And like, did, they don't care if it has hooks or anything. Like when you get stuff from Japan, you don't have to make sure the hooks are off it or anything. No, that's fine. Okay. So when you guys get stuff from Japan, do you have to tell tell your Japanese guys like, hey, make sure there's not anything declaring its value in the packages, or do they never really do that anyway? Uh, they usually do because it's uh, like if it's if it's not like a, a personal friend or something, like if it's a business connection or you buying it from some yeah. shop or through right. Baiki or Amazon, uh, obviously it's it's going to be a bit difficult because there's going to be some some proof of uh, well value in there of some sort. So, yeah, usually you have to pay taxes as well. So whenever I, whenever I get like a, a DRT bait from Japan, it's quite pricey. It's, uh, uh, yeah, roughly, I'd say for a tiny clash or for a K9, a really rare color would be between 160 and 200 euros, which is almost twice retail. So Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Um, shit, there was something else I was going to say. As far as like where you fish, is it mostly all rivers, or do you fish quite a few lakes and ponds? Uh, I prefer lakes, um, but I grew up fishing this river. Like the, the city I'm living in, we are surrounded by a river that goes okay. into the Baltic Sea. So we've got a lot of variety, really, because we've got the the Baltic Sea where you can fish for like was it like a um, garfish and and uh, uh, cod and. Uh, out and stuff like that and then we've got the river which is quite wide and deep at that point and just gets smaller and surrounds the city and you've got like the little canals and just a few kilometers up it's only like 10 meters wide and two meters deep or something with a, with a lot of vegetation so you get a lot of variety there the problem is we're not allowed to fish from the boat so it's bank fishing only uh not in general just in the, this, this river so you can only fish from the bank and you don't have many spots that you can access freely. So it's a bit bit difficult, but yeah, uh, if, if you know where to go, it's, it's, it's quite nice actually. And then you've got the lakes, which are usually owned by or uh, governed by whatever, some, some uh, like fishing club, uh, angling association kind of thing. Yeah. And so you have to be a member, which I am in one, and we've got like four or five lakes and and the state I'm living in, you're not allowed to have a uh, well. You can have a boat, but it's it's got to be rowing. It's not gonna. Uh, you're not allowed to have a motor on it. No motor. So yeah. You, you, yeah. So you're rowing, and um, which is which is fine with me because it's it's a nice workout. But so you don't have your own boat because it doesn't make any sense for you to 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 have one, get a trailer, and and slip it. And <laughs> um, so if you have one of those those fishing clubs, they've got like usually three, four, or maybe five boats there that you can use, and you just, it's like a, you know, shitty kind of thing, and <laughs> you row, and, but it's fine. So I, I, I fish those lakes, and that's why I usually catch pike as well. Um, I, I kind of prefer lakes, because um, it's just, I, I like to, to target spots that I see, like lily pads and, and laydowns and, and stuff like that. And with the rivers, I, I like walking on, the riverbank but it's just since not a lot of it is easy to access for me um i can't get to the good spots often 
none of the spots I see anyway where, where I would like to fish. So I, I go on the lake and I just can go wherever I want and, and uh, cast my stuff. And especially since I'm doing a lot of like bait fishing, I, I prefer the shallower regions, like a yeah. two, two, three meter or something. And we've got a few, like one of the very big lakes is insane. It's like canyons and mountains on, uh, it's 50, 60 meters deep. Um, what's that in feet? I don't know, 150 or something. So it's, it's yeah, quite deep and like it's, that. yeah, and it's very, very clear. You've got like easily 15 meters visibility. And so <laughs> you try to find the, like the plateaus and the more shallow, shallow bits, uh, with some vegeta- <clears throat> vegetation. And I kind of like this variety that I can like troll, uh, like use like some sort of trotting bait, like the, the Savage Kid Trout or something, and go from one spot to the next, like go from one plateau to the next. And then I just cast uh, swim bait uh, for two hours and then troll to the next plateau or something. So yeah. I, I definitely do prefer lakes, but we don't have the same kind of bass boat, motor, and just. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah it's a bit different here i guess right do you guys i mean do you personally do you do a lot of um night fishing with like uh top water baits top water swim baits or anything i guess uh you could um, do the top water fish, the TK, yeah yeah, yeah I, I did a lot of top water fishing last year uh quite successfully actually um like whenever i went to my favorite lake i usually just get up like three or four in the morning i drive one hour and i'm like on the lake at like four or four thirty five maybe uh-huh. and i try to get at least one hour of night fishing in and i did use the tiny clash a black one actually quite successfully and well obviously the the, the regular like hollow body frogs and stuff like that uh i did try a crawler for some time like the Savage gear bat, but honestly, yeah. it was like five o'clock in the morning. It was dark, and this like this lake is in the middle of a forest, and it's <laughs> like mist and fog, and it's, it's really it's beautiful. But I was like casting this thing. There's no one else, just me in the middle of a lake in the in the forest, <laughs> and that's and this crawler is clack 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 yeah. on the water. And I was like, if a pike catches it now in front of my feet, I'm going to shit myself. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just stopped fishing it because now. <laughs> I would yeah, just that's, that's fucking freak out. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, my actually my challenge for this year or is to 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 catch some pike on the the Joker and the riser jack with a lip in with a crawler lip. Oh, that that cupped lip, yeah. Yeah, um, like stick pencil baits work awesome for pike, and the hollow body frogs work great as well. I've had a ton of success on on both. But the Joker is something that I really want to try. I just got my first Joker like uh, a couple of weeks ago. And it's, it's a fun bait. So I can't wait to catch some pike on it. Yeah. Have, uh, have you seen what we have here in the States? It's, kind of, it's like uh, the walking baits, how it shoots yeah. back and forth. Have you had yeah, any um, desire to find one of those? I've got a Megabass, Megadog, or whatever it's called. Oh, the Megadog, like yeah. The yeah. big guy. Um, haven't fished it yet, just got that. But the smaller, uh, smaller versions of, well, the kind of pencil bait things, uh, like thirteen centimeters or whatever. Yeah, I fished those a lot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I fished those a, a ton, and they were great. Damn, it's it's crazy that you're. I mean, do, do you sit back and think like that you're you're a pioneer for not only swim bait fishing but 
or yeah, like not only swim bait fishing, but a catch and release. Like you said, it's it's a new and upcoming thing that a lot of these younger guys are doing. Do you think in the next 10, 20 years that it will predominantly be catch and release fishing? Do you think the laws will change once these older guys get out of the sport and or no longer have a hand in it? Yeah, I think it has to change and it's going to change. It's a bit difficult with uh, uh, Peters trying to to do everything they can against it. Like this. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure if you got them in the US as well. This uh, PETA organization, um, PETA. Yeah, but it's it's definitely not like uh, you guys. You guys have a lot stricter regulations. It sounds like like here, it's it's not uncommon to go go fish and go throw your fish back. It's it's uh, it's not necessarily something that PETA encroaches on. But I think you guys having those not hurting animals, if you're not going to eat them, thing. I think that that's definitely kind of something that draws them into into the into your region and into that belief of you can't fish unless you're going to keep the fish yeah and like our i'd say fishing celebrities aren't really um people that fish competitions or have, have got like wins in some sort of uh or well, competition deal it's usually yeah more like influencers like uh, representing a, a brand and yep. i've got a, like a youtube channel doing reviews or uh do like presenting some techniques or something like that and those regularly get hit with uh lawsuits from peter um, really because uh sometimes you see how they release a fish and yeah peter's just waiting for that and uh so yeah it's it's, it's quite difficult really but wow. it's got it i think it's gonna change it has to yeah that's crazy that that uh it's it's crazy to hear that it's not really a thing there. Like here, I mean, I would say probably half, if not majority of people, especially, I mean, everybody, everybody in swim bait fishing, it's all catch and release. And I couldn't imagine um, catching those 10 pound bass or those 50 inch muskie, 50 inch pike having to keep those fish. That it's, it's, it's something that I, I can, I can guarantee not a lot of people in the U S have ever thought of. Uh, it almost seems like, the decline of of fishing i would feel like but obviously i don't know i'm not i'm not a biologist or anything but i feel like the more bigger fish that get caught and kept you're kind of screwing yourself for the next handful absolutely. of years absolutely it's not only the the big fish you take it's also the um well the, the genetics you take out of the gene pool really yeah. like the the ones that actually not every fish has got the same genetic potential to grow to that size really right. so if you take all the big ones you you essentially diminishing the potential of the fish even growing that big and yeah i think it's, it's just harmful to 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 the well, well obviously yeah you're still you're I harming mean, your fish for fun and that's what they kind of uh try to 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 um combat Not, yeah. yeah um have you have you seen guys catch very large pike xander or perch and them just thump it on the head and keep it, and you just kind of sit there to yourself, like I, they could have thrown. Honestly, that I think back most and... most people I know here, if they saw that, if they witnessed that, the, the guy would just be in the water, like he would just fucking right. kicking in the water. It's just uh, yeah, like most young people like, do catch and release, and like if you obviously uh, injure a fish to to the point where you know it's not going to make it, like I take yeah. it. Um, I try to 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 be as what careful as possible with unhooking and like you're required to have like an un unhooking mat and and all the tools necessary 
I yeah. always bring wire cutters, like a, the the Nipex kind of deal. Um, always bring those. Like if 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 the lore is just too deep in the in the gills or something, I just snip it, I just clip it, and just take it, take the hooks out, rather than like doing the complicated surgery there for hours and hours. Right. Yeah. Uh, but every now and then, obviously, it happens that you injure a fish to a point where like one of the gill rakes is hanging out or something and you know that the fish is going to die. So in that case, I take it and just uh, eat it. But it's obviously not... Uh, I, I don't go out fishing with that in mind, really. Yeah. It's not my plan to do that. And, um, I mean, you, you touching... It sounds like your guys' catch and, catch and, catch and keep rules, uh, it makes you even more cautious than I think uh, we as Americans even are. Like... There, there's not many guys who catch a fish and, like you said, have a have a, a wet unhooking mat that you set on the grass to not hurt yeah. that slime. Uh, that have all the necessary stuff. I mean, I've seen guys who hook a fish and it, it gets hooked pretty deep, and they just rip the hooks out and throw the fish back. And uh, yeah, a lot of the stuff I see is kind of like I have to bite my tongue sometimes because I know it's uh, it's just different where where you are. But uh, like when I yeah. see even boat flipping, it wouldn't happen here. Like. Uh, even in, in uh, competitions uh, that we have that are mm-hmm. like the uh, YouTube Predator Cup, for, for example, is one uh, YPC. Um, that's it's held in, in the Netherlands, obviously, because catch and release is legal there. But yeah. you don't get any points if you boat flip the fish, even if it's like a 15 centimeter perch. You have to use a landing net or le- hand wow. land. Yeah. And I mean, like pictures I see, like if you. Um, see a pike or any any sort of fish like in the dirt on the ground or like uh, in the sand Being or something. Uh, yeah. It's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you can do it with like a sixty centimeter pike, but I wouldn't really do it like with a with a big chunky guy. Right. But yeah, uh, apparently that I don't know. Maybe maybe bass are just so much more robust. But <laughs> I don't know. I mean, people. People say that bass are a very hardy fish, but like you said, to an extent, it's okay. But when you let that fish roll around in the sand for three minutes while you unhook it from a deep a deep hook and it's bleeding a little bit, it definitely makes you think like that's definitely cutting in on that life's opportunity to swim away fine. And just because it swims away fine doesn't necessarily mean that fish is going to live or eat in the next 48 hours and that could cause it to die. Yeah, but as soon as it's out of out of your boat, it's out of your mind, and then you kind of yeah, exactly. don't think about it. Yeah. But that's that's why I, one one other reason why I usually bring uh, spare hooks is just uh, I'm quite quick with a with a uh, wire cutter and just snip the hook and just uh, clip yeah. it and put a new. It takes a minute. It costs me like literally a dollar to to replace a hook, maybe two dollars mm-hmm. if it's an expensive hook. But uh, yeah, rather do that than just having like a ten minute surgery on the yeah. dry ground or something. So usually you catch you catch a good size uh, good size pike. You set it on your measuring your measuring board slash unhooking board. Take a few pictures with the bait in its mouth. Take the bait out. Cut the hooks. Whatever you have to do. Yeah. Hold it for a picture. If you if do you always try to take a picture or is just a board picture good enough and, and let it go? Uh yeah, like if it's a if it's a small one, I usually don't take a picture unless I want to like show the show the bait or something and right. if it's a, if it's a good if it's like a, a big fish or a chunky one or just something fun about catching it um i'm gonna try to take a good picture but i'm not gonna um like Risk if, the if there's no yeah exactly like if there's no one with me to take the picture 
I'm not going to take forever to set up like a, a tripod or something. So I'll just uh, right. lean the, it's, it's literally my iPhone lean, leaning it against like some, my rucksack or something. <laughs> so it's not like the best, best picture, obviously, but just one quick picture and that, that, and that's that then. Right. That's like uh, a lot of the guys here, um, myself included. I, when, when I catch a good sized fish, uh, get it unhooked or, or I get it unhooked and then set the hook or set the bait in the fish's mouth, just place it there, uh, set my phone up. And usually a lot of guys here, we start a video, videotape it for 30, 40 seconds to a minute to pose however you want to throw the fish back take a picture and then usually a lot of guys will screenshot that picture from yeah that makes sense yeah whatever yeah it makes sense yeah yeah i've done the two that makes makes total sense (laughs) um one thing i i want to touch on before we kind of start to wrap it up here is there do you wear a gopro at all or is that uh not really anything you're interested in not at all um i did have one not for this not for fishing but for i've got a little bit of a like a youtube channel um for uh-huh. my my other thing there guitars and guitar amplifiers and stuff and back before uh hard drive space was affordable i kind of <laughs> did all sorts of comparisons between different guitar pickups and amps and shit and i just used youtube as an archive for myself because uh well i didn't have any hard drive space so i just uploaded everything to hard uh, to, to youtube and it kind of evolved into a thing and then i've got like nine thousand subscribers and people like it and uh, amp manufacturers send me free stuff and shit like that so i at some point got a gopro for that and got so annoyed with it because the battery just wouldn't last and was just a massive pain to use and now i just can't be bothered anymore yeah i guess uh that's something that's obviously you know is very huge here is a picture isn't always good enough for guys if you post it on Swimbait Universe or yeah. other, other things. There's always those guys that are like, how do I know that you didn't hang that bait in that fish's mouth? How do I know that you didn't catch it on on a worm or something? So uh, it's been very common that guys post their cast of catches just to have, just to, just to prove that they actually fucking did that for some reason. Um, why guys always feel the need to call people out and say that they didn't catch it on XYZ bait. I don't know. That's just what they do, I guess. I mean, fair enough. I do enjoy watching those videos. It's just oh uh, yeah, for sure. I, I don't feel I have to prove myself to anyone. Like if I, if I say this pike is one hundred and two centimeters, and someone says it's ninety eight, well, fuck it then. It's ninety eight. I don't fucking care. It's still a massive <laughs> yeah. pike. Like uh, I don't have to prove how big it is. Like you see, it's big, and I don't even care if you believe it because uh, I didn't catch it for you. So <laughs> I don't yeah, know. exactly. Like I've gotten into the uh, like recently. I don't have a scale. And I don't have a measuring board. I, I catch the fish, take the hooks out, set my phone up to take a video. I let the fish go. Like, I don't care how big you think that fish is. I know it was big. Your opinion to me doesn't matter. You weren't fucking there. So how do you know? Like, I, yeah, I don't know. Exactly. Like the reason I'm sharing pictures is really just to share my passion with uh, like-minded people. Like if uh, yeah, you enjoy sure. fishing swim bait and I enjoy fishing swim baits and, and I just caught what I thought is a nice fish on a swim bait, I'm like, hey, fuck, I'm stoked. I just caught an awesome fish and it was fun and, and it's a great lure. So yeah, that's exactly. what I'm sharing. I'm not sharing it to just uh, like, yeah. Uh, to, to show, it's to show it's not like it did. Yeah, exactly, yeah. You're Mine's not trying bigger. to brag about it. <clears throat> yeah. Well, to a degree, I guess. I mean, obviously, I like... You're stoked on it, and you want to yeah, share it. Yeah. But it's not uh, it's not a competition for me because I know I'm going to lose because there's always going to be someone with a bigger fish. 
Yeah. Um, what, what I guess kind of closing it up. What's the biggest pike you I should say? One hundred ten um, centimeters. I don't have a weight because I've I've not weighed a single fish in my life. It's just not a thing. Yeah, the carp guys do really? it, so I I don't know how heavy it was. <laughs> Yeah, so like you, those guys probably use those fish cradles and stuff to weigh those fish, don't they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Damn, uh, I'm I'm just looking so, yeah. up. Oh, they're they're actually much much, much bigger. Um, I don't think I've posted a picture of that pike yet. Um, there are bigger ones here, and the 120 mark is is yet to be achieved this year. We'd see. Damn. So are there, are there guys in your, your WhatsApp swim bait groups that have caught really big fish, or are they all kind of in the same ballpark as you? Oh, some have caught 120s, uh, I think even uh, above that. But it's a bit wow. like, um, depends on the, the water you're fishing, really. Like if you're in the right. Netherlands, uh, one, 110 is much easier to achieve than a 90 centimeter here, for example. Or some of the big, uh, big lakes uh, where you can actually... Uh, use a motor and troll and stuff like that. It's just yeah. uh, it really depends. Like, like you said earlier, if, if you catch a forty centimeter perch, it's massive uh, in the USA, and it's big here, but it's not massive. It doesn't mean like you're a, not as good a fisherman as I am because I caught yeah. a fifty centimeter perch. It's just uh, well, my waters are better for that. Or I mean, same with bass. I guess I, I guess the bass in California is still different than somewhere in the north or so. So it's, right, exactly. you can't just transfer the size from one fishery to the next. Yeah, like a five pounder where I live is is a normal fish. Not necessarily normal. It's easier to obtain in somewhere like California or Florida relative to where I live. Like the, We just don't have that same genetic of fish. Plus, we have a six-month cold spree that those fish in California and Florida don't have. Those fish can grow year-round while my fish are under a foot of ice four months out of the year. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, not there... really, it's not really like a dick-slinging contest for me. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's right. <laughs> I obviously enjoy, I enjoy catching big fish. Like I, I, I'm happy if it's a big fish, obviously, but um, the main, main reason I'm going out to fish is because I just want to clear my head and have a good time on the water, really, and, and share my passion with other people. Right, for sure. I mean, that, I think that's what everybody should uh should go out there and try to do but um obviously as you're able to tell it's not necessarily like that for everybody there's there's guys who go out there and want to catch fish just because they have a certain bait or they obtain a certain bait and they just want to show it off um but there's nothing that's wrong actually, with that if that's, that's your thing it's kind of part it's it's, it's bit it's just, it's a bit like that for me too like it's a bit of a challenge if i get a new bait i'm i want to catch a fish with that like right for me it's i rather have three fish on a on a glide bait i like than 10 on some uh soft bait or something um yeah. it's really not about catching fish it's really about uh, catching fish uh with a method and the lure and like achieving my the, the challenge i'm setting for myself really yeah like the that's, joker that's thing like... like i said earlier i want to catch a fish on a joker it's obviously much going to be much easier to if i wanted to ca- top water to just use like walking bait or a hollow body frog i'm going to catch more than with a joker but i want to catch one on a joker and i don't even care right. if it's uh, the biggest fish i just want to catch one yeah that's exactly how i am i i buy a bait and usually i don't get rid of that bait until i catch a fish or i fish it hard and i'm like i'm not going to catch a fish on this thing like i yeah. i can just get rid of it 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, is is there anything else you want to touch on before we kind of kind of wrap it up? Not really. Have no. Any, have any questions? Have any questions for the for the U.S. guy that you're talking to? <laughs> no, I think not at this point. Like as soon as as soon as this is over, I'm gonna come up with like a million things. But <laughs> right. Yeah. But no. um. Yeah, I was about to say I I appreciate you coming on. For anybody who doesn't know, there's like a a six hour time difference from from us, well, from the Eastern time zone to Germany. So I mean, uh, it it took a little bit of coordinating, a little bit of a uh, little bit of math that either of us are good at to figure out what time <laughs> each other's time zone is to figure out a good time to record. The embarrassing thing is that I actually studied physics before I did this whole thing, so I should uh-huh. be good at math, but I'm not. <laughs> I just I just know. But man, I appreciate uh, really um, you asking me because it's, it's it's awesome. I, I listen to your podcast, and I I thought it's like I said earlier uh, to you uh, off off the recording. It's it's just it's very professional. It, uh, the way you do it, it's, it's awesome. It's very enjoyable. Like whenever I, the last couple of days, whenever I went to to go fishing, I just listened to it in the car, and it's it's awesome. I'm stoked. And I I appreciate that. It means a lot coming from a guy who who's in the. Uh the business you are as far as like producing music and stuff. Um, there, there's a lot of guys who do fishing podcasts and personally, there's a lot of guys who do fishing podcasts, uh, better, better than mine. But, uh, like I told you, I've only been doing this a couple months, but you saying that gives me, um, makes me feel good about myself. And I have a lot of people that reach out and tell me that. And it just kind of, it keeps me going. There's never a time that I'm like, Oh, I don't, I don't want to record or I don't want to make an episode because this is a lot of fun to do. I get, I'm talking to a guy from Germany right now. Like, uh, that's that's not something that I get to do every day. So, um, it's gotten me into in touch with a lot of people that I necessarily wouldn't have uh, have talked to like this, rather than just Facebook message or something like that. Yeah, it's it's perfect. Like, connecting the community like that is is, is awesome. Um, I talked to a couple of uh, people on on Universe as well when uh, they asked me about the Monster Hunter series, the Depths Monster Hunter series. That you guys can't get like the pike and the perch and stuff, and I offered I could just buy it and ship it, and it's good to have that sort of uh, network really across yeah, the world. Yeah, for sure. If uh, if you ever want to to buy a buy a bull shot or anything, I'm sure you could you could definitely ask on Universe, and there'd be people that would do that for sure. It uh, just Tell just up. getting 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 those handmade baits around the world, I think, is awesome, and I think obviously it's something that your fish have never ever seen before because they're not readily available to you guys yeah i'm sure it's gonna uh, happen at some point yeah for sure yeah Uh, i want to thank you for coming on like i said uh you didn't have to do this but you 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 agreed and you said you'd want to so i think that's awesome i think uh there's going to be a lot of guys who listen to this and are taken by shock like i am about the catch and release sort of thing and and just your style of fishing like that the depths the swimming adepts and everything i think that's awesome uh, I will. I'll link your Instagram in the description so people can go check that out. Cool. Is there anything else that uh, that you want me to link in there, like fishing related for you? No, not really. I think that would be it. that Instagram account is just really new. I just uh, actually started last week because my other one was uh, like more work related, and I just started the fishing oh, okay. related one last week. So no, that's it. I'm, All right. I'm I will, uh, Thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, for sure. I will link that in the description and. This should go up Monday at around 6 a.m. our time. So it'll be around 12 p.m., 12, 1 in the afternoon for, for you. But for everybody else, they'll be able to listen to it in the morning. Um, I want to thank you guys for listening. Make sure you follow the Scales and Tails Instagram, uh, Scales 
underscore and underscore tails on Instagram. Give it a five-star review on your listening platform if you guys haven't already. And if uh, if you have any gripes about it, uh, contact me and we'll get it sorted out. Or, or if you want to come on the show, hit me up and uh, we can plan something. But I want to thank you guys for listening and I'll talk to everybody next time. Thanks, guys.